story from our Midrash. A group of people were sailing in a boat. One of them took a drill, began to drill a hole beneath his own seat. His companion said to him, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Replied the man, what concern is it of yours? Am I not drilling under my own seat? Said they to him, but you will flood the boat for us all. We are in that same boat. Sometimes it's best to state truths in the starkest terms. The survival of the community rests upon the good sense of each individual. The people in the boat share a common fate. A community says of itself, we are all of us in the same boat. At times we may choose the wrong boat, jeopardizing our lives. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Catholic nun, Edith Stein. She was born a Jew, but converted and became a Catholic. The Nazis murdered her because she was a Jew. Her destiny lay, as it turns out, with the Jewish people. Beth Torah strives to be a community, to be able to sincerely say, here, you are known, accepted, and safe. The Beth Torah community may have its disagreements from time to time, but here you are like family. Here we care about one another and care for one another. Family members may disagree, but when the chips are down, family makes sure that family members receive the care that they need. We strive to make a difference in your life. For half a million years, we Homo sapiens lived entirely in interdependent small bands like extended families. By Darwinian theory, therefore, it's likely genetically based. Every member of the band, like a small tribe, owed support to everyone else. All in the same boat, so to speak. We evolved as social beings, requiring communities for our very survival. But we don't live in bands anymore, nor do we live in the 1950s. Every kid I knew growing up had two parents, one male, one female. Every adult member of my family, my uncles, my aunts, was half of a couple. My cousins all married, two divorced, and they remarried. Well, that coupled world disappeared about 30 years ago. Many members of this community have never married, can't marry, or are no longer married. Some never had children, or their children have chosen to live in different cities. In other words, many of us find ourselves very much alone, attempting to create a band on whom we can rely when we no longer live in a storybook interlinked web-like family that I knew as a child. I know many people who would love to travel or even attend theater 
They have the time, they have the money, but they have no one to travel with or buy tickets with. More seriously, I have read about former spouses who, although divorced many years, are again living in the same home and nursing one another when their health deteriorates. They need one another. In resident care facilities like independent and assisted living, we have substituted paid strangers for extended family members, members of our band. Because we insist today that we are more individuals rather than communities, we now pay for our interdependence. We are all in the same boat, and we require others in that boat to pay attention to our needs. I am proud to announce the launch of CCT, Beth Tower's Caring Connection Team. Our Caring Connection Team will provide practical support, encouragement, and connection to those who need a little extra help. Maybe you or a loved one just had surgery, or you're facing long-term health challenge while living at home. Trained Caring Connection Team volunteers will provide support with such things as errands, occasional transportation, a friendly visit, or relieving a caregiver. We plan to be there to help. The Caring Connection Team builds on and actualizes we are the community we need by providing compassionate, practical support to Beth Torah members and their families when we are at our most vulnerable dealing with difficult health care challenges. Three years ago, we asked Beth Torah members, what keeps you awake at night? The most frequent answer that came back, my health care. Too often, health care needs isolate and frighten us, make us feel alone and vulnerable. Many people, I am sad to report, even feel ashamed, ashamed, about feeling needy, not being able to be fully self-reliant. But we all need others from time to time. It's built into our genes, and particularly in the first and the last 20 years of life, we need a community on whom we can rely. That's the way it's always been. Beth Tower also seeks to support family caregivers as well by letting them know how appreciated they are and provide the support they need to restore their batteries. We'll help provide respite care to caregivers to get out of the house and get a little time to themselves, maybe to run an errand or to rejuvenate after dedicating so much of themselves to another person. Caregiving can be exhausting. Three years ago, I spoke about being known, accepted, and safe in this congregation. Now, after three years of investigation, members of this community are putting meat on the bones of that skeletal ideal. The Care Connection Team will begin with a group of trained Beth Tower members. Support is provided in a care circle model. Each care partner is assigned a care circle of two to six members. 
Team members may choose to serve on more than one care circle. Volunteers are encouraged to work in pairs, and the care circle team will be in contact with each other about all practical assistance they've provided. The Caring Connection team will meet monthly to share stories, train, and provide peer review. It's an exciting opportunity to volunteer for meaningful training and for service to others. Part of the beauty of the Caring Connection team is that it allows volunteers to lend assistance without being over-challenged or becoming exhausted. Volunteering serves both care partners and caregivers by strengthening relationships through meaningful work. It's not a lot of hours per week, but the psychological rewards, the spiritual rewards of uplifting a life are tremendous. There are brochures in the foyer explaining the program and the volunteer opportunities. The actual simple services that you will provide when you volunteer. Help in getting to a person to a follow-up doctor appointment, post-hospitalization or illness. Assist in getting a prescription filled. Provide a friendly visit or a phone call. Help to set up a meal. Connect Beth Torah members to community resources that will help them long-term. Provide transportation to a Beth Torah program and to worship. Give respite care for a family caregiver. None of them difficult or trying. Anyone can provide these services with little training. Caring Connection team members provide non-clinical services. If you now think that you would like to volunteer or give or receive services, please take the publicity from the foyer and lend your hand in community. This may become your most meaningful activity during the coming year. The Caring Connection team is just one manifestation of adjusting to this new religious environment in this country, an environment of doing for others. You know, change is occurring so fast it's really difficult to keep up. Gays and lesbians can legally marry in Iowa, and marijuana is legal in Colorado. Both are out of the closet. Meanwhile, teenagers being plugged in has a whole different meaning than in the 60s. I'll bet there are teens sitting right here, right now, with earplugs in their ears. Our entire world is being digitalized. Communities will adapt quickly to the new realities of longer life and digital magic, or those communities will shrink massively due to irrelevance and boredom. Our education needs to follow the digital revolution. The old two and a half hours on Sunday morning isn't going to cut it anymore. Consider, every piece of Jewish information you need is now available on the internet. I can find videos to learn how to do anything I really want to do in the Jewish world. Most people no longer feel bound by tradition. Now they want to choose their own religion, decide for themselves what they want to do. The shackles from, of tradition are being thrust off, and families are searching for personal meaning. Can you imagine 
an all-digital Jewish school. Can you imagine using your smartphone to get your Jewish information? You want to know the blessing for Shabbat? Consult your phone. A challah recipe, maybe, on your phone. But suppose you need a community of people to celebrate Shabbat. Well, then you need a community. But how to celebrate Shabbat? That should be literally at your fingertips. What's involved? Well, you're going to need to look up how to make a challah and what the candle kiddush and bread blessings are and why we would even want to say them. And what do you do around a Shabbat table? What kind of conversation should you have? Should you read maybe a little bit from the weekly Torah portion, the parashah? Well, where would you get it and what would you say? You'll need a Shabbat community of people who share your interests and want to celebrate the same way you do. So here's the irony. The greatest education tool to be invented since the printing press has just been invented. And we, the people of the book, the people who brought mass education to the world, are slow to exploit it. After the printing press was invented, within the first 25 years, Jews were already printing books. Jews introduced the first printing presses in at least four different countries. Right now, learning is changing rapidly, and it's challenging us. We must respond. Judaism relies upon education. Our devotion to study kept us alive when we didn't have a country for 2,000 years. That's why we're called the people of the book. Now, the greatest research tool and mass education vehicle ever invented is in our hands. We cannot let this opportunity pass us by. We are the second most educated religious group in North America in secular education. Here's our chance to bring Judaism to the masses of Jews in a way we can actually use every single day. Exploiting this moment to full advantage is our challenge. With vision, Beth Torah has the opportunity to be the first fully digitalized Jewish education program in Kansas City and a model for the nation. I recommend that Beth Torah take up this year how to reform our education system to include digital education inside and outside the classroom. No one is learning the way we did 10 years ago. Every scrap of Jewish information you need is now potentially right there at your fingertips. We've gone from scrolls to manuscript books to printed books and now, 500 years later, to digital formats, the people of the book, the people of universal literacy, face the challenge of digitalized Jewish education in a new, exciting, and personal, but yet communal way. Once again, we are challenged by how modernity confronts our lives, just as we are confronted with a community that has to pay to get the care families have provided. It's a challenge. Will we maximize Jewish education 
or we lose the battle to angry birds and words with friends. Whether it be aloneness in our modern world or the digital revolution, Bath Tower must adapt to the spiritual challenges of a rapidly changing culture. And one more change we must confront seriously and in meaningful terms. You didn't need to figure whether you were going to go to college or whether you were going to marry or whether you were going to train for a job. You were told how to do that. And if you dared to deviate from society's path, you heard about it loudly from your family and your friends. Didn't go to college? Didn't marry? Didn't have children? Someone let you know that you hadn't met their expectations. Probably your parents let you know about their disappointments, particularly if there were no grandchildren. Everywhere you go when you're at the age of a particular life cycle, there are reinforcements for how to achieve that life goal. There are workshops, there are advisors, there is family. Everyone tells you how to tackle choosing a college, or choosing a career, or choosing a spouse, or choosing a lifestyle, choosing a place to live. These stages in life were explained exhaustively as though we were all preparing for the same game, or have finished the game, and now we want to explain to you what the rules are. But no one explains about aging and dying. There, we've drawn the line. I like to say there are three stages of life. Young, middle age, and boy, you look great. <laughs> well, you know what they're saying. You look great for your age. I look great if 20 pounds heavier, balding, and four fused vertebrae were my goal in life. Someone did actually say to me in a restaurant, Rabbi, haven't seen you in years. You put on a lot of weight. <laughs> but we're all in the same boat. Most people don't know how to handle this aging thing. Why? Because unlike preparing for college and career and marriage and children, there is no institution in society set up for exploiting our collective wisdom and experience to explain all the decisions we're going to have to make in aging. The answers exist, but we haven't yet developed a life stage to explain the issues of aging to an increasingly large aging population. But do you know how many people have approached me unable to get good advice about finding a place for their octogenarian parents to live? When to sell their home and move them into assisted living? How do you get mom or dad to stop driving the car when they're a danger to themselves or others? And the ultimate, how to accept my own mortality? All these questions of aging, everyone seems to solve on their own. Why no collective wisdom?
Why don't we have regular discussions or even lectures? Many friends even avoid the subject, like it's some contagious disease caught by discussing it. My answer? This stage in life isn't yet officially a life stage, like college or career or marriage. We lack the mechanisms for mass explanations and adjustments to what we are facing as we age. A new life stage has burst onto the scene. You should prepare for it your entire life. You should take courses in it when you get to 50 years old or even earlier. Then you'd have the resources and know what you were doing about living a productive and meaningful life until you die because someone helped you to prepare and you didn't have to solve all the problems by yourself. Why continuously reinvent the wheel? What's your purpose going to be when your job is over, your spouse is gone, and your children have moved away? How do you live on Social Security alone? What happens when you outlive your resources? Who will drive you to the doctor? Who will share your thoughts? Do all Jewish women have to learn Mahjong? <laughs> Where do you get this information? Why in the synagogue, of course. Why? Because this is a life stage in which the major question is, how will I continue to live with meaning? Marriage gives meaning. Career gives meaning. Loving gives meaning. All the other stages in life, meaning and purpose, are built right in. But after 65, or God forbid when we are sick, how do you live an entirely meaningful life when your body is not serving you the way it used to? I have witnessed people creating some of life's most important experiences in their final two weeks before dying. It ain't over till it's over, baby. And maybe not even then. But a revolution is washing over us and preparing for meaningful old age and even for death. It's the synagogue's work to be on the cutting edge of this new frontier, and I propose that we get to it. Phyllis Goldberg's 50 and More group informally discusses these issues amidst a group of friends approximately the same age, and that's a really good start. But we need much more. We start by realizing that over 50 is a new life stage and we will require the information necessary to live and yes, to die successfully. Let's develop this information. Let's share it. Let's be a community for one another. Because every person in this room walks that same path or to put the metaphor differently, we are all of us in the same boat. The Caring Connection Team and Digital Education are two good starts. We occupy this boat together. 
and I believe we will either sail together or the boat sinks. We're going to need people with vision and energy to transform our world of tomorrow into today. These are awesome tasks. We're going to need money to make this happen. We're going to have to care for one another, reinvent Jewish education to bring it home, and prepare one another for aging joyously. No more sitting on our hands and wondering what tomorrow may bring. No more powerlessness. What am I going to do about my aging? Now we will go out and grasp the dawn of a new era. As Jacob did wrestling with the angel, we will demand as he did that before the sun rises, this angel of the future bless us. What our ancestors did for us, we must do for our descendants and for ourselves. Come dream with me. And the next generation will look back on us and call us their blessing. Cain, you